Welcome to the Nail Your Nutrition podcast, a podcast focused on training for endurance activity. I'm Sarah, a registered dietitian and toddler mom in the Washington, D.C. area. I write the blog Bucketless Tummy and focus most of my work on running and endurance athletes, as well as merging the principles of sports nutrition with the principles of intuitive eating. And I'm Marita, a sports dietitian and fellow toddler mom in Pensacola, Florida. I work with endurance athletes at my private practice, Eat to Compete. My goal is to help athletes learn to fuel their training with intuitive eating. We are two sports dietitians and moms here to break down the nutrition science to make training more fun and approachable for you. Whether you're a novice athlete, a weekend warrior, a mom trying to fit in a consistent exercise schedule, or a top finisher at big races, we want to help you understand the importance of fueling well. We're so glad to have you here and would appreciate you spreading the word or sharing this episode or podcast with a friend, family member, training partner, coworker, or anyone you would think would enjoy it. If you have a minute, please leave us a review wherever you subscribe to your podcast as that really helps the show. Now let's get to today's episode. Hey friends, today we have Michelle Baxter on, who you might know as the runner's plate on social media. Michelle is a marathon runner, running coach, mom to two boys, and lives in Alaska. Michelle is an accomplished and dedicated runner who has been chipping away at goals for years. Right now, Michelle is working on breaking three hours at CIM in December. We wanted Michelle to come on because she's an everyday runner who is smashing her goals while working and being a mom to two little ones. She's truly an inspiration, and I don't take that word lightly. Personally, after hearing Michelle talk about how she wakes up early every day to work out, it made me really miss getting up to get that workout in first thing. Unfortunately, I am not quite there in my life because my baby is still not sleeping, but I'm going to take that inspiration with me when we are finally sleeping through the night. She also gave us some tips for morning workouts, insight in her training, how she stays injury-free, her coaching philosophy, and more. Before we dive in, a quick reminder that if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll be entered into our monthly raffle, where each month we randomly choose a podcast review, and that reviewer can have a free 30-minute call with either Sarah or myself to talk all things nutrition. We so appreciate you taking the time to leave a review, and this is our small way of saying thank you. So go to Apple Podcasts, leave a short review, an actual type review, not just the stars, and stay tuned for next month's winner. All right, let's dive into today's episode. All right. Hey, Michelle, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Well, thanks. I really appreciate that you asked me to be on here. I'm very happy to be here. My name is Michelle Baxter, and I currently live in Anchorage, Alaska, grew up in Minnesota. I live here with my husband and two boys. Um, my oldest is will be seven on Sunday, so just a couple days away, and then my youngest is two. And I am a running coach and blogger. I have been running uh, pretty much since I was ten, so almost three decades. And love running, love helping others with their own running, and I work at a local running store here in Anchorage um, and keep myself busy with lots of little part-time jobs, but I love it all. And I am, um, yeah, I pretty much everything in my life revolves around running, but I'm glad I've been able to make my hobby into my career now. 
Yeah, that's so exciting. And I feel like even just following you on Instagram, I'm so inspired by your passion for running and how you're able to really incorporate it in everything you do. So you mentioned you've been running since age 10 and you ran in high school and then division three in college. So tell us a little bit about your experience as a college runner and and what made you continue to run after graduating? Because I know sometimes people get burned out and that's the end of their running career. I feel really fortunate that I ran division three and academics were the focus. My coaches always push academics. So if we had a big test, we needed more time to study for, we could, you know, skipping practice, that was okay to do for. And yeah, all of our, all of the, my teammates um, were really supportive of one another. Nobody was on scholarship. So what there wasn't that rivalry with some people having a bigger scholarship. Uh, so we all just got along so well and it really was my social outlet for the day that were we, when we practiced and I just grew to love running cause not, I mean, I had this time with friends and it made me feel good and it helped, you know, it just was a stress reliever for school work. And so I'm, I've yeah, met a lot of people and had a lot of friends who got burnt out in college, but it just fueled my desire and my passion for running even more. And that's really what kept me doing it after college was that it was, I realized how much I enjoyed it. So kept doing it after college and would run races here and there, but really just ran because I enjoyed it and loved it so much. Um, so yeah, I really thank my college coaches for instilling, for not putting so much pressure on ourselves. Like they kept our mileage at a very reasonable level. Um, you know, we were competitive, but it was, it was a healthy relationship with running. And so I'm really grateful for that. And did you go into running professionally right after, like, did did you want to make that your career or did you have something else that you focused on right after you graduated? Um, well, I'm definitely not, I wish I was a professional runner, but, Oh no, I meant like with your clients, like because oh, you you coach clients oh. and stuff. Sorry, that wording was um, bad. <laughs> I no, I didn't. Co- I, sorry, I coach. Well, so my major is a physical education and health education. So I've always had a passion for helping people with their physical activity in some way. Um, but started off more with the kids. I started teaching high school PE, and then I w- moved to the elementary PE. Um, just didn't feel like it was a good fit for me. So taught for uh, five years. And then I also knew I wanted to stay at home with my kids. So stayed at home and then also, but also knew, you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit of an income for my family and was able to thankfully, you know, able to do that, staying home and coaching. And then, so no, there was a break in there before I started coaching um, and now I've been coaching for eight years. It was right at the start of my pregnancy with my oldest is when I started coaching. So um, there's always been a, an element of, like I said, helping people with their physical activity, helping instill that passion in them and teaching them about their body and being physically active, but different approach now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And on that topic, we both have 
two young kids. Also, all all of us have two little ones, right? So we are always asking our podcast guests, picking their brain. How do you balance, if there is even such a thing or whatever works best for you, working, momming, everything else, along with training, you, I mean, you train 80 to 100 plus weeks when you're in the, in the thick of marathon training. So how do you balance all of that or have any advice for trying to balance all of that? Um, for me, it's just setting a schedule, carving out the time, and then just sticking to that. So my time is, you know, I try to do as much mileage as I can before everyone is up for the day. Um, fortunately, my husband gets the boys up and gets my oldest off to school. So I have that time to train. Um, so being, um, yeah, having a schedule, sticking with it, and then, you know, having a spouse who's, who knows how important it is to me to be willing to pick up this, you know, pick up this slide or just take over when, you know, yeah. and I'm, I do the same for him. Like when he wants to go and do his hobby or hang out with friends, like then I'm saying, you know, I have to, you know, I have to, and I want to say yes, because he's done the same for me. So it's that, that's been huge for our relationship just to, he knows how important it is for me. And, and then, then I try to make sure he gets his time alone or doing what he wants to do with his time. So yeah, having a schedule, I mean, my type A is probably to my benefit in that regard. So I'm always, I, I mean, I have a, I still use a, a handwritten calendar planner and I write everything out for the week. I write when I'm going to run, what, what the distance I'm going to run is. And like I said, it's usually in the morning and I find most moms and dads, you know, mostly moms running in the morning before everyone is up is usually what people do. Um, I, you know, sometimes evenings are just harder with with kids, it seems like so. It is. I love to run in the evenings, but it's just impossible it <laughs> to I mean, do I've that with little do ones. It, like when I've, um, I've had to do it after I put the kids to bed, you know, that's also been a time I've had to, if I don't get it done in the morning or not able to get out during the day, sometimes that's when it happens too. So and just, you know, just making it a priority that it's important enough that I'm going to carve out the, the time for during the day. I was just going to say, um, do you have any tips for how you communicate with your husband? Because I think that's that's wonderful that you both are able to support each other in those passions. And I think that's what we all want. But how did you ever have like the sit down talk? Or was it kind of since you guys got together, was it kind of unspoken that you have this huge passion for running and you need that time and that outlet. Do you have any tips for people about that? Yeah. When we met, I've always been a runner. And so he knew how important running it was for me. And I've also always been a morning runner. So I think that's just kind of helped establish our schedule. And like, he knows that as soon as I get up, I'm going to go out for a run. So he, that's yeah. Kind of been an unwritten rule or an unwritten um, part of our relationship. So yeah, I mean, we kind of knew going into having kids that, okay, I'm going to, you're going to be responsible. The baby wakes up early. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be out my, out for my run in the morning. And then just, and then I'm, you know, I'm always 
reviewing our schedule, like, okay, tomorrow, this is when I'm going to run. This is what I have going on. And it, you know, it's other stuff too in our schedules to make sure that we're just on the same page. We both know what we have going on, kids' schedules, our schedules. So just every day or every week going through that schedule that we have. Do you do any, do you do a written calendar? I know you said personally you do, but with your husband, do you share a calendar like virtually or on an app or anything? Google Calendar? We don't. We don't. Um, Most of the time when I tell him, he remembers. (laughs) So (laughs) every once in a while he'll forget. But um, no, we haven't. Um, No. Yeah. Um, We had, we used to have a big calendar on the wall and then he never used it. So I got rid of it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're the exact same way. I love to write everything out. It just makes me feel more organized. And I feel like I know there's some research that says when you write it out, it actually imprints in your brain a little bit better and you feel less stressed than just typing it. But I have to send my husband Google invites to his calendar, to his phone. Otherwise he will forget just like you. I, I, he doesn't write anything down. He will not remember, but I, we also have a big calendar up and I'll write stuff and he doesn't even look at that thing. So I'm just like, there's no point in me filling this out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. How do you explain to your kids what you do? Like, do they understand that you run or, and that you coach? What are they interested in that at all? How does that play out? They don't seem very interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> the funny thing is, um, so yeah, I've always run. And so ever since they've been both been born, like they just know mom goes for a run and I come back an hour later and that's that. Um, so I think in some ways it's helped with the separation anxiety because every day we're practicing it, like every day I'm leaving and, and, but always coming back. So in some ways I think that's helped with the ex- separation anxiety um, it was before my last marathon here in August. I, so I've been trying to bring three hours in the marathon and going into that marathon, it kind of dawned on me about three, four weeks out from the marathon. I'm like, gosh, I haven't even told my oldest cause now my oldest gets it. He has six, almost seven. And I haven't even told Colin what I'm doing, why it's so important to me. And also for him to understand what I'm doing, but then to, you know, help me, like, if I'm getting stressed, okay, this is why mom's getting stressed. And because she has this big race coming up, okay, maybe let's give her a little bit of grace and I'll be a little nicer to her. (laughs) So it was like a few weeks before this last marathon that I explained to him what I was doing, what I was trying to do why it was important to me. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was kind of, yeah, all of a sudden a light bulb kind of went off in my mind. I was like, gosh, I have never really talked about my big goals that I have for myself and why they're important. So I did that with my oldest. Now my youngest is, he's only two. And so he doesn't really get it yet. But eventually I think that's important too. You know, that the modeling is, one piece of it and then explaining is another piece of it for our kids. Right. I think that's so cool Mm -hmm. that you had that conversation and it's neat to think, you know, at different ages, kids will have a different understanding. So my three-year-old doesn't understand goals, but she might say, mommy likes to run um, or mommy's going to go work out again. Can I go with you type thing? Like I want this to be a part, but she doesn't understand. Well, mommy's really trying to like 
set a PR or do anything like that. But that's a conversation I'll look forward to having as she gets older. So I think it's great that you had that conversation and how neat to involve your children and, you know, have them understand what you're doing. I have another question just about the whole motherhood thing. And and did your views on running or anything change after having kids? Or did you find that you took some time off or took a step back as you adjusted to the newborn years or maybe even one to two kids? Or did you feel, you know, just as passionate and ready to get back into training? I did feel just as passionate about running after having kids. I know it's different for everyone, but I did. And going into having, especially my first during that pregnancy, it was the whole time I was like, what is running going to be like? Mostly, Am I going to have the time? Am I going to be as passionate? Am I, yeah, so many unknowns, but I, I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel the same runner. You know, I mean, I have different, maybe different motivation, um, but my goals are still the same. I still, you know, it, took, it takes a while to get your, to feel your body getting back to what the runner at once was, but I honestly, I'll, I mean, some things were, ch- some things changed, but mo- for the most part, I would say I, a lot of it was still the same. Um, just the unknown was hard the first time around. And then the second time around, it's like, is it going to be, because for me, it, there was a five year gap. And so I'm like, oh, I'm five years older. Is it going to be? harder, even harder to get back. And it has, it's definitely been harder the second time around, but I'm also two, two babies postpartum and five years older. So there's those things. Um, but yeah, I, I know everyone's postpartum journey is so different, but for me, I get it. It really at the core of who I am as a runner, it, it feels very similar. Um, and like I said, my my goals are still the same. Yeah, I think that shines through in all of your content. It. And that's that's a good leeway into let's just tell everyone what you are training for. So can you speak a little bit about your August marathon and you know what happened there and how that's propelling you forward and what you're training for now? Yeah, so it was right before I got pregnant with my first son in like 2013. My coach set this goal. She made the comment. She said, I really think you're going to break three hours in the marathon. And at that time, my PR was 317. And I was like, you got, that's, that's a lot of time. And at that time I'd already cut about a half an hour off my marathon PR. And so I thought I was doing pretty good. (laughs) And she's like, no, I really think you could break three hours in the marathon. So it was just, really special because nobody had believed in me like that. Not, I mean, I had great coaches in high school and college, but no one had like really taken me aside or really instilled in some big goal like that for me. So we, you know, we started working together. I got pregnant, had to take some breaks, but then postpartum with my first really got back after it. And at, at the time I didn't realize it, but that, um, that time, my first time postpartum, I, I really got fit. And I don't know for sure what it was because I was not getting much sleep. I, I, 
attempted to sleep train my my oldest, but he was a terrible sleeper. Um, but for whatever reason, I got that was actually probably the fittest I've ever been is after having him about about a year about eighteen months postpartum. And so ever since that time, now it's been eight years, I've been trying to break three hours in the marathon. Oh, I should say that postpartum with my first, I was able to get really fit, but that that marathon that I tried to break three hours the first time, it was really, really hot. It was like almost 80 degrees and almost 80% humidity. So it was, it was just, it was so warm that day and they had changed the flags on the marathon to black, which is like severe, not ideal racing conditions. So I, you know, did my best, but I just couldn't hang on to my goal pace at that marathon. So, and then after that, I got a really bad injury. I got a hip labral tear that took me out for almost a year and then tried to get back into it. Tried a couple more times to break three hours. Just it didn't didn't happen. Then had my uh, got pregnant with my second, had him, and now have been for the last two years. Been we're still working on that goal. So in August, I ran my most recent marathon, and really thought I had it in the bag to break three hours, and came up seventy five seconds short. Ran a three hundred one fourteen. Um, so. But now we'll try again at CIM in December in California. So hopefully it all comes together. Um, I'm feeling really good these days. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling good. It took a while to recover, but now feeling good. And I think if just as long as I stay healthy and have a good race day, I think things will come together. You, so you're, I think, I believe your, your first marathon was 342. Is that correct? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think I, I did some scoping, of course. Yeah. We talked to you. Um, grandma's marathon in 2010, somewhere around there. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's huge. 40, 40 minutes taken off is, is a huge chunk, but I wonder, do you think you would have gotten that, sub three bug in your head if your coach hadn't mentioned it or like do you think that would have evolved eventually or just because she believed in you you were like oh I can do this like do you think that's why you've been on this quest or do you think it would have happened eventually I don't think I would have happened eventually I know if she hadn't said anything I would have been happy with 317 at the time you know maybe run a couple more marathons um, but marathon's hard the marathon is honestly not my most favorite distance to race. Um, it's a beast. I'm more the half marathon girl. I, I mean, I finally, I could say after the, my last most recent marathon that I had a really good experience and had a good time running the marathon. But prior to that, it's, it's hard. It really, um, it's challenging, but I feel like I finally, I was going to say nailed my nutrition. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Nailed my nutrition. And I feel like that was honestly, the one thing that made me feel so, so strong throughout the entire marathon this last time around. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm still on this journey to get this sub three hour marathon. Um, and then, so there's, you know, 
like even though I don't love love the marathon, like some people just love long distance and long distance runs, long runs. But for me, it, my heart's more in the half marathon. So after I get this, after I get this um, goal, I'm thinking more of focusing just on the half and trying to get really fast in that. So, so you mentioned you know your fueling. That's kind of what took everything a notch up. So can you share with us what does that look like? What it, what have you changed and what is your fueling plan or what was it for this August race? The biggest thing is I just, I took in more fuel during this last marathon and I only did one more goo, one more energy gel, I should say. Um, but, and some more hydration and that that's just the trend I've been seeing over the last couple of years is just more fuel, more hydration. And that, yeah, that seemed to be it. Cause I didn't really change much going into the marathon. I've done a carb load. I've done a carb, a carb deplete and then a carb load. Um, so yeah, not much going into the marathon, not much the morning, really nothing different the morning of, uh, just an extra energy gel during the marathon. So I took four this time and usually I only took three. My first marathon, I took half of one, <laughs> hit the wall really hard at like mile 16. So yeah, learned a lot. I tell people you learn something every marathon you do. And I finally, after 10, I feel like I have it mostly figured out. So that's good. Yeah. I I had four and four gels and I, I personally do the gels just because I cannot chew and run fast. So I do that energy gels and I like a variety. I didn't, I had four different brands there are four different brands um, just because I get tired of taking the same, even the same consistency, same type of gel. So I had four different brands and then my husband hand me a water, gave me a water bottle a couple of times. This, the race that I did is really small. And so he was able to meet me several, several times and um, hand me stuff. And he was posting updates on your social yeah. media, which was super cool to follow along. Yeah. I told him to do, I wanted him to do stories, but he isn't, he does, he has had Instagram in the past. He does not have it now. And isn't, I don't think he's really ever used the stories. I wanted him to do the stories. And then <laughs> afterwards I found out he had posted on my timeline or the in-feed posts. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you must've started fueling within the first, uh, like what, 20 minutes or so, 20 to 30 minutes to get four in? No, I did. Um, mile six, gosh, six, 12, 18, or one, I think a little before 18, but. Okay. So four gels total. Yeah. For the whole race. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Okay. And in the past you had just done three. So maybe like one an hour or something. Yeah. It was less than, it was like probably every 45 minutes. Um, and then I just, and then I had a time on them with the aid station so that I had water to chase them with. If I didn't have, if I didn't have my water bottle that I was carrying. Okay. That makes sense. What kind of water bottle do you carry? What's your favorite? It's a Nathan, it's by Nathan. <clears throat> it's really flexible. So it's not hard sided. It's really flexible. It has just one hand slit, you know, a hand held um, soft side. It's not, it's not super big. I think it says 14 ounces, but I feel like it can only get like eight ounces in it. Um, but then you just bite down on the nozzle, oh, which is, it's just, I like that better than like a regular sport cap top. 
And yeah, it's soft-sided, so it collapses as I drink from it, and it's nice and slim, and it's pretty. It's really comfortable to carry though for a long period of time. Mm, we'll have to link that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell us like what a typical week of training looks like for you, either for the marathon or the half marathon, whichever is your preferred to share? Usually, so usually um, seven days of running. I usually take a break every 10 to 12 days. So either six, at least six, um, six or seven days of running a week. And then always a long run. The long run I usually choose, to, I do on Saturdays. My hard workouts usually Tuesday or Wednesday, just kind of depending upon how the week flows, usually like Tuesday. And then that workout, closer to the marathon, it's a lot of tempo. If it's if I'm just getting into my marathon training block, it's some speed on the track, interval work. And then besides those are like the two, my two big workouts, two hard workouts. And then really everything else is easy, easy miles. So I would say 75% of my miles are just easy pounding the pavement, get my legs accustomed to the, the dura- duration uh, for a marathon. And I will do a double. So two runs in one day, once tw- twice a week when my mileage is up there twice. Um, Trying to, I think I, I think next week I'm hoping to run about 90 miles, and I think I have three doubles that I jotted out for myself. So, and then usually eight, usually eight to ten miles in the morning, and then four or five miles in the afternoon. Yeah, that, that second second run's always it's relatively short, and then strength training twice a week for about 30 minutes. And you predominantly run by yourself, correct? I do. I do. Um, I have a couple of friends. Um, I try to meet up with people as often as I can, but it seems like everyone's schedule is so different. And I have one friend who is injured. Um, and then I have another friend. Yeah, just they're either, either running during the day or after work. So usually, usually by myself. Um, I, and I have a lot of people ask about running by myself or safety. And I, you know, I tell them that I always let my husband know when I'm leaving. He always knows when I'm going to be back. I don't always necessarily tell him the route. Um, but I do tell him when I'm leaving and coming back and then the routes that I choose, you know, during the, when it's dark out, I don't go to our trails, like our wooded trails. I stay where there's lots of cars and it's well lit lots of more activity, you know, and there's homeless areas around town that I definitely avoid. So just make smart decisions like that. If I see somebody who I'm kind of gives me a wrong feeling in the pit of my stomach, I'll turn around, go the other way, things like that. And if anything, and people here in English will say that you should be probably more scared of the wildlife sometimes. Well, no, I take that back. Um, There's also wildlife (laughs) to be watching out for mostly moose. Okay. Mostly moose, and they're usually, you know, and the they'll you'll see them more often in the winter time now because in the summertime they'll go up into the mountains to live, and then as the snow comes into the mountains, comes down the mountain, pushes them into the city more so to, so that they can get better access to food. So then they're just like bedded down in someone's yard in the in the morning, and it's dark, and you think it's just like big a rock, and no, it's a moose. So that's happened a lot. <laughs> Whoa. It happens all the time. 
Have you had any crazy running encounters with, with wildlife there? A couple of times. Yeah. I was, um, actually in the, probably the, one of the closest encounters to a moose, I was on my bike and I was crossing the road. I was riding my cr- bike across the road. I was navigating the, the crop, like the, the, um, wheelchair ramp, like where, you know, where you go to get up onto this next sidewalk. And I was like looking for that. And I didn't look to my right. There was a moose just like running towards me. And I was like, I looked up and it was like right there. Like I could have touched, reached out and touched it. And there was cars, you know, I'm sure people were like, watch out for the moose. (laughs) But yeah, it was like right there. Um, what did you do? Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're just like, I mean, they get spooked of you too. So they run off right away too. So it was like, ah, for both of us. <laughs> I feel like my heart would just like beat out of my chest. Like all my adrenaline, yeah. I might even pee myself. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any other tips for training in the winter months in Alaska? Cause you're, I know like I've seen kind of like what you're wearing and it looks like sleek and comfortable. So in terms of what to wear or even just being in the dark, um, any tips for people out there? I say good, high quality layers, you know, don't, don't go cheap on the, on the warm stuff. Um, so finding that for the base layer, finding a sweat wicking base layer, and then my jacket or shell is, I have one favorite from Lululemon for anything under 20 degrees. It's the down for it all jacket. I swear by it. It's so it's very warm for some people. It's too warm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, anything under 20 degrees, that's what I wear. So that's one of my favorites. And then I have a couple other jackets for the thirties or the twenties. And then in the thirties, I kind of have a set, um, what works for me and depending upon what, you know, people run, I I tend to run a little cold. So just, uh, if people run hot, then they just have to adjust based off what, on whether they run hot or cold. And I've done blog posts on it, kind of giving tips. But yeah, good quality layers, good jackets. And then, oh, I everyone asked me about this. So I've got my watch over my sleeve so that I'm not digging my having to like pull back my sleeve to see my watch. But this way, my wrist stays warm when I have my watch over my sleeve. So I do this all the time. No, I don't pick up. It doesn't pick up my heart rate and I don't train based off heart rate. So I'm not, it's not a concern of mine, but that's, I've done that. I do that a lot. And then I have a couple different like mittens that I found really work well for me. Um, keeping your head warm, of course, is huge. And, or, and then even keeping my neck warm, like when it gets once again, like under 20 degrees, having my neck warm and then having something to pull up over my, especially on my chin and cheeks, that can make a really big difference if how, you know, staying warm. Um, and then I have one pair of tights that I found that actually finally keep my legs warm that work really well. Uh, and then I I've never had a hard time keeping my feet warm. I know some people do. I've never struggled with that, but I do have special shoes that I wear for running on the ice and the the slippery snow that we get because the Anchorage is not great about plowing the snows right after it snows. 
So we have to wear special shoes. I mean, yeah, your regular road running shoes, just they're very slippery. And so we put screws in our shoes to, for traction. And then I have special shoes that I wear on the ice when it's like, we'll get that sheer ice because a lot of times it'll melt and then refreeze quickly and I'll, everything will turn to an ice skating rink. So, uh, and then as far as running in the dark, I have a lighted vest that I really, really like. That's, it's very comfortable. It's, um, but it's also very bright and there's reflective properties on it as well as a lighted component. And then I have a headlamp that I use for me to see. Although once it snows here in Anchorage and the, the lights from the city reflect off that snow, it's actually, it's very bright and I actually don't need anything to see. I still wear lights to be seen, but I don't, I know myself don't need a light to see. So now when there's no snow on the ground and it's, then it's really dark, but otherwise, yeah. So I, for me, it's just like figuring out what, what you need as far as staying warm, how much clothing you need, and then just finding really good, I mean, the running brands that Brooks, New Balance, Wazell, just some of those running specific brands are investing in some quality pieces to keep you warm. And they'll hopefully last you a while too. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah. So you said you, you are a morning runner. I personally, ever since having children, I used to be a morning workouter, but oh my gosh, it's been major struggle to try and get out of bed and work out. I just feel like a zombie. So do you have advice for getting out of bed or do you just wake up right at five and you're ready to go? Or do you have some sort of a special mantra? I know some people set alarms like get your butt out of bed over and over and over, things like that. What helps you get out of bed to to run in the morning? I tell people go to bed early because <laughs> really that's the that's the thing it's like as a as a parent you're like okay I finally have some time to myself I'm going to stay up and do you know whatever it is that you want to do and then it's 10 11 midnight and then it's yeah getting up at five yeah then that's really hard so yeah getting to bed as early as I can is the first and probably the hardest thing sometimes I feel like that's harder than actually getting up and then it's just it's my only opportunity a lot of the times to run. If I don't do it, then it's not going to happen. So for me, it's like, I've told myself I'm going to do it. So I'm going to follow through. And that's, I think that I, it's like an Enneagram one characteristic that if somebody tells you they're going to do something like you truly expect that they're going to follow through and do that. And so I do the same for myself. I, if I told myself I was going to go for this run, I'm going to do it. And having a coach, that's actually, that can help that I, um, I'm still pretty self-driven without my, with when I'm, even when I'm not working with my coach, but I know for a lot of people that can be a huge motivator is having a coach because they, you know, they're going to keep you accountable. So, um, I mean, yeah, usually the tips I tell people try to go to bed as early as you can. Um, and when your alarm goes off, don't give yourself the option. Just get up, to, you know, tell yourself you're going to do it. You said you were going to do it. So get up and do it. Lay out your clothes the night before I do that. And then if you can have a friend to meet with, like that's huge too. If you can find a buddy, I know there's a couple, I have a friend, a couple moms who they meet at five o'clock, not every day, but you know, just to have that buddy system to keep yourself accountable. Um, and then for me, it's just like, I know it, for me, it's just a better, just, 
it's easier to stay in the routine rather than let myself get out of the routine. So it's, I know it's going to, if I miss one day of running, then I might miss a, a second day and a third day. So it's just, it's going to stay in this routine. This is going to be what I do. And then my goals are a big motivator too. I'm, I'm more of that goal orient goal motivated runner. Like I don't need 80, 90 miles for my sanity. <laughs> so, um, just having those goals that I know are important and I know every run is important. Like, of course I could miss a run here and there, but like I said, it's, it's just staying in that routine and knowing that, yeah, there's a rhyme and reason for this run today. So I'm going to go and do it and I'm going to feel so much better. And yes, it's hard when I first wake up. Yes, I'm tired. I, I mean, I'm tired like everyone else, but yeah, whatever it is. And for, and for everyone, and for, when I work with my athletes on this, I, for everyone is different. Everyone has different motivators. And so it's finding those little tips and tricks for each person, what works for you. So yeah, I like having those big goals helps a lot. Um, yeah, after this sub three goal, I think I'll, I'll need something. I'll need something to stay motivated. And it's fun. It's fun to chase goals. And I mean, they say, if you're not enjoying the process, then it's not worth it. Yeah. Speaking of, do you ever get in like running slumps and and how do you get out of those? How do you get back to that motivation? Well, I don't feel like I've been in too much of a slump since I've been working on this sub three um, marathon for eight years now. So (laughs) I've always had something. And I mean, a slump sometimes during pregnancy, just because it's so hard and it's like, what else? I mean, I can't build fitness. So during pregnancy, it was just trying to maintain the fitness more so. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, the slump is like when you're injured, when I'm injured, it's like so hard. So, oh my goodness. When will this end? Cause I think that's the biggest thing is when I'm injured, it's, I don't know when this is going to end. And that's probably the planner in me. Like, I want to know when, how long I have to endure this during labor. You know what the end is. You kind of know even a, a timeline or you, I should say during pregnancy, you know, when the end is approximately, you know, give her two. Yeah. Labor, it could go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. You know, within a week or two, you know, when you're going to be giving birth. Um, and so that when you're injured, it's just, you just don't know when it's going to end. You don't know how long it's going to last. And that those are the, some of my biggest slumps, I would say just during those periods of time um, when I've been injured and not know, or this one of my, my hip labral tear, I thought I was going to have to have surgery. So then it's like planning for s- surgery after that. Cause I knew that the recovery was a really long time frame being on, on crutches and then going to weight bearing. And so, um, fortunately I was able to, I did not have to have surgery. Um, but those, those are, it's hard. Those slumps are yeah. hard. Some, some are really hard. How have you stayed injury free since then? You know, I, for, yeah, for the last two years, I had, I, I had a little bit of Achilles flare up two summers ago for about a month where I had to do some cross training. But other than that, I've been postpartum for now two years and feeling really good. Um, honestly the most, cause I don't feel like I've done really much different in my training, like same intensity, same progression. Like I've always been careful with how I progress my miles. 
And I've always strength trained. I've always tried to do those little things like the foam rolling and the stretching. And But eating something before running, I that's all I can think of. That's all that's changed. I used to do a lot of runs fasted. And now I... I don't know. I don't think I ever do anymore. So having something to eat and it wasn't that I didn't, I felt any different. Like I felt running fasted. I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel low energy, but my sister who's a registered dietitian and she's has an Instagram account too, who I've actually, I've learned a lot through myself. She just, she's talked about the importance of eating something before running so that your body isn't it's using that, those calories and those carbohydrates to burn through, to use during your run rather than dipping into your, like breaking down muscle tissue. So, I mean, like I said, that's all I can think of. It seems silly. Like it doesn't seem like it would make that much of a difference and it doesn't seem like that should be what it is. But like I said, that's all, that's honestly all pretty much all I've changed. Yeah, your sister's marathon nutritionist, right? Yeah, marathon yeah. diet nutritionist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so great. I love her account. <laughs> she's so funny. It's, yeah, yeah I, um, powerful. So we're uh, six years difference. There's she's six years younger than me, and um, she's always like followed in my footsteps. Um, and so, but and then yeah, so it's fun to see her not be able to turn her passion into. Um, a job that she loves as well. Cause, and she had a lot of other jobs where she worked with as a registered dietitian. And, but now she is able to, she's staying home with her kids now as well. And, um, doing her nutrition business at, at the same time. So it's, it's been fun to have her. Yeah, we in, haven't had her on the show yet. We, we should get her yeah. on too. It'd be nice to pick yeah. her brain. She, mm-hmm. She's taught me a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun to collaborate and bounce ideas off of each other. Cause we get it. Like we get what the analytics, you know, the analytics behind, um, what kind of what we're going for and talk. Yeah. I mean, as far as much as we know about the algorithm of Instagram and, you know, talk about those things, we know, <laughs> what, we're, you know what each of us are trying to are talking about. Oh, the algorithm. It's just uh, <laughs> so annoying. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you like to eat before? What's your go-to before you head out? Um, usually, uh, one of my, actually one of my favorites is the honey stinger waffles or the goo waffles, the stroop waffles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are those are some of my favorite with a cup of coffee. Um, and then, I mean, I'll do the fig, uh, the nature made fig, fig, the fig bars. Yeah, the fig Newton nature made bars from Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Those <laughs> yeah. I like. Um, I'm not really a big banana person or not really a big date person. Um, what else will I do? Um, or just some energy chews and I do the chews beforehand. So, I mean, it's small, it's hundred calories or, um, my generation, you can, or not, you can, they're just, it's just, you can now you can, uh, the pre like their pre-workout is, um, it's carb, a carb based or super starch carb based drink. So yeah, those are some of my go-tos. It's, you know, yeah, like I said, it's small and, um, carb, mostly car- carbohydrate. Hmm. What about yeah. recovery, especially like after those longer 
runs or even races, what do you focus on for recovery? Just getting some, getting some food within 30 minutes, even though it's really hard. I like the Momentos protein shake. Their protein powder is really good because it's good just mixed with almond milk. So just having that within 30 minutes and then trying to do another full meal within one to three, one to three hours. That's it's hard. Like the hardest thing is like finding something that sounds appealing <laughs> at the, after a, a lunch. Yeah. Especially once like I find when I get home from runs, there's like the kids need you or you have to make meals for them. So it's easy to like neglect oh, your own 100%. needs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I'm like anything, the, um, anything that sounds good. I, the other night I finished a run. I did my long run Saturday morning. I had my, I was working on my athlete plans and then I worked when worked at the run store, all, running store all day. So I did my long run in the evening, which is not the norm for me at all. But I finished my run at like 9.45 p.m. And I grabbed, I had my, my, my Momentos protein shake. And then I grabbed Cheez-Its and Wheat Thins and a uh, string cheese and chocolate. <laughs> we were like... Random assortment, but you got all your macronutrients there. <laughs> we were like scraping bottom on the pantry staples, and that was all that sounded like halfway appetizing. So that is what I had. <laughs> okay, so I just got a new treadmill, and so I usually watch Peloton on the treadmill, but I don't think I could do that for hours on it. But I know you have a treadmill. So how do you stay occupied on the treadmill whenever you aren't able to run outside? What's your go-to for that? Um... Last winter, I watched The Bachelor. <laughs> that is perfect for the treadmill because it's you can only like have to half pay attention. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm running easy on the treadmill, I'll watch something. Um, yeah. And then I get there. So I got I got the Hulu app and then watched a couple other random like. Yeah, random shows on there. Uh, and then when I'm running fast on the treadmill, then I'll listen to music then I can focus on watching something. I'll listen to music and have an external speaker. I, I like just having an external speaker rather than having something in my ears. Um, and then just do that while I'm running hard. Um, occasionally I'll do a podcast, done podcasts in the treadmill too. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what the phenomenon is about you running in place on the treadmill. Why temp time passes so much slower <laughs> Then when you're running outside and things are moving by you, I, I have yet to figure that out, but yeah, it's, it's long and, but having a workout break it up helps tremendously. Um, but still, man, those watching it click up by a 10th of a mile. <laughs> it can really, really, really long. long. What's your deciding factor for going on the treadmill versus running outside? Is it usually snow related or time constraints? So, yeah, last year was actually the first time I had my own treadmill at home. Otherwise, I've had to go to the gym. So last year, any day I had a hard workout. Because in the winter, it's it's literally impossible to run fast outside. Our our streets are packed with snow and ice. So there's – and then it's, it, my, it's cold and my muscles don't work well and the traction is not there. So I have to do any hard workout on the treadmill. So any day there was a hard workout – I'll do that on the treadmill. And then if it snowed a lot, so if it snowed more than, gosh, sometimes even just three, four, five inches, but 
that snow, it just becomes like running on sand on a sandy beach. It's you're just spinning your wheels. There's no traction. Um, and it's plodding through snow. And it, so if that happens, then I'll go to the treadmill too. So those are my two times if there's a lot of snow and, or if I have a hard workout is usually when I opt for the treadmill. So as we, we start to wrap up, Michelle, how ready do you feel for CIM and how high are you getting for your mileage? Like, are you doing 20? Do you do 22? What does your training cycle look like? Oh, what, what, what my mileage is for my long runs. Yeah. Like what's your weekly mileage and then how far do you plan on going for your longest run before the race? So I'm hoping to hit 90 miles next week. And if that goes well, I, I would maybe either repeat the 90 or maybe do 95. I have done a hundred in the past. I've done, I did pre kids. I did a hundred mile, a couple hundred mile weeks. Um, since having kids, I haven't gotten up that high, I've gotten close. I've gotten them to the nineties. Um, but sometimes there's a point of diminishing returns. So, um, right, right around 90 miles is what I plan to top out at. I think my marathon prior, I think I topped out in the low eighties. So it'll be, it'll be a little bit of an increase. And then I want to do at least one 24 miler. I think I'll do one 24 miler, a couple of 22 milers, a couple of 20 milers, and then some of those, usually about every other week, I'll do a workout within the long run. And those are some of the, sometimes I think those are the, some of the most important workouts for preparing for the racing a marathon. Do it, whether it's a lot of times the goal marathon pace within, um, within the long run. So yeah, trying to do a little bit more. I, you know, I did a couple of 20 milers going to my last marathon, but I want to do a 24 miler and then some of those longer workouts, the long runs with workouts in there. How do you feel about it? How are you feeling? Good. Good. There's always, you know, that <laughs> is it all going to come together? Cause it really takes all the stars aligning on race day. So many things are going right. Weather has, you know, of course is, as much as you know, you don't want it to affect your performance. There's also also always an element of it's going to affect your performance if it's usually too hot. Um, but I think this race is pretty pretty standard. Right around fifty degrees is my ideal temperature. Fifty and overcast is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot that has to go right. And then no traveling for this marathon. It's going to be with kids. It's going to be. Um, you know, there's always an element of being a little more challenging where this last marathon, I just slept in my own bed the night before. And it was very easy. It was very easy to get to the start. We know exactly where we have the park and how much time we have to allow for. So there's always those little things too, but overall feeling good. Like I said, it took me a little while to recover after the last marathon and, but I'm feeling good these days. And I, I feel like if we stay healthy, it's, it'll, all come together. I know CIM is a really nice course for running fast, a lot of downhill. I do. Um, I probably find a couple routes on my long runs where I have long downhill sections just to train my quads for that. Cause I've had marathons where running downhill I feel like there's shards, shards of glass in my quads. So train them for that, those downhills at CIM and, um, just trying to stay positive and yeah, it's, and then it gets a 
the weather gets a little challenging here. It's fortunately we've had some snow, but it's melted. But as hopefully the snow can hold off here too, that so I can continue to try, run fast outside. Because I, I mean, I will use the treadmill, but I running on the roads. Since we race on the roads, it's more applicable to then train on the roads as well. So totally, yeah, trying to stay positive and like hopefully it all comes together. No, I'm sure it will. And you have so many people rooting for you. It's, it's going to be great. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's been fun. I, I mean, even before I had the following I do on Instagram, I still was passionate about it and still, I mean, when I, I didn't get Instagram till my oldest was a year or so. And uh, I feel like I was late to the game and that, and I mean, I was still just as motivated then without anybody watching. So it's been fun to have so many people rooting for me. And uh, yeah, the messages I got after my last marathon, it was very heartwarming. And I feel it's it's fun to have so many people cheering for me and I I feel fortunate and um, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. How does your training with your coach, is it a similar philosophy to how you coach your personal running clients? Like what's your training philosophy look like? Well, I started, I first started working with her and then I saw what she did and I was like, I feel like I could do this. So I started my own business. So yes, a lot of, a lot of my training philosophy is based off of her and my experience working with her. So it's, it's probably that way around. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very involved with my athletes. Um, I, you know, there's, there's no stock plans. There's, everyone gets a very personalized schedule and I am checking in with my athletes very frequently. The app I use final surge is, is really nice for that because they can leave comments and then I can reply back to their comments and it's a really effective way for me to coach. Um, So yeah, a lot of my philosophy is based off what I've learned through her, but, um, I have been able to grow my coaching business and, um, I'm happy that I can help so many people and help them with their goals. And I've had, you know, I have a lot of people who stay with me for a long period of time and work with me. So through, I mean, even through past their, whatever their A goal race is. So they find value in me being there. And I I tell people, I'm, I want to be your biggest cheerleader. Like whatever your goals are, wherever you're at, I want to be here to support you. You know, I'm not going to tell you what races to run or what your goals should be. You tell me and let's work together. I'm going to challenge you though. I'm going to, you know, I have athletes who, who who might set the bar here. And I'm like, no, I really think you can do this. So challenge them and we work together and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We'll we'll make sure we definitely include a link for people to check out your services if they are interested. And now we kind of end with a rapid fire. So we just have a couple questions. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. Okay. You talked about favorite pre-exercise snack or meal. What's your favorite post-exercise snack or meal? So what do you think about when you're running that you're going to eat right after? Um, It varies from day to day. So I guess I don't have one specific thing. Right now, it would be um, an egg sandwich 
with like like until uh like a, a, a meat and egg um english muffin you know like a sandwich what yeah what's your favorite meal that your kids love and will eat pizza <laughs> I can agree with that. Yep. <laughs> yep. What's your favorite piece of workout attire? Uh, sports bra and a pair of shorts. What's your favorite sports bra? The energy bra from Lululemon. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. What's the best piece of training advice you've ever received? Oh. Putting you on the uh, spot here. <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is that you have to love the process. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's training advice. Just like if you're not loving the process, then it's not worth it. Right. It's not all about the race. It's about training. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's like the element of the race is like, you know, people say it's the cherry on the top or, but mm. so. I mean, of course, you want to be excited about the race, too, but there's there's an element of got to love the process. Right. There's a long process before the race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long process. What is your bucket list race, like your number one race that you really, really want to do? I feel, I mean, I've done Boston and New York, and I feel like I, I would almost opt to do New York again over another one. I, don't, I would say London just because how hard it is to get into, which I've only recently realized how hard it is to get into London. So maybe that because just it's very difficult to get in on the lottery. Yeah. Oh, Michelle, we've had so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for letting us pick your brain about training in the winter, balancing with children and going sub three. You are going to crush it and we can't wait to, to watch you in December. It's going to be great. Thank you. Thanks for following following along. And yeah, I, I've enjoyed getting to chat with you guys. Where can people connect and follow along with you? Can you share your handles and your blog? Yes. Um, on my blog is the runners and I'm there on Instagram as well. The runners plate. Um, so it's supposed to be about food and running. It's mostly about running. I've gotten away from I do like share a lot of my food and my stories, but not as much on my in-feed posts. But my husband came up with the name, so that's how. He came up with the name for my blog and my business name. So, But I have information on my business on my blog as well. But the runner's plate is where I'm at. Awesome. Well, good luck. We'll be cheering for you. Thank you. That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review so others can find it more easily. You can also stay in touch by joining our Facebook group, Nutrition for Runners. If you have any requests for future episode topics and more, email us at nailyournutritioncourse1 at gmail.com. Happy fueling!